four, three, two, one. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again to the round table, a place where we literally shoot the shit. I am your host, Quiet Storm, and I'm joined again with the usuals, Jonathan. Hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going? Kay. Hello, hello. And Alex. What's going on, people? All right. So today, I think today we're going to have a open table show, meaning that, you know, anything's up for discussion because my mind is, has, has been all over the place. Um, so I haven't really had the time to really like sit and figure out what the topics and details in the show was going to be for today. But one thing that really has been getting on my nerves, and I don't know about you guys, but for me, I recently seen, well, I recently caught up on the Dragon Ball manga, I want to say like two days ago. And I don't know, I really don't like the way the direction that Dragon Ball is going. And I say that because Vegeta has been my guy since his introduction, since day one. And I feel like, you know, ever since then, he's been getting the short end of the stick. And I understand that it's, you know, Dragon Ball is the Goku show, but I just don't understand why they can't give my guy his his spotlight. Because to me, I feel like overall, Vegeta is just a better character overall. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I feel like every single time that, you know, Vegeta, it looks like Vegeta is going to get his W finally, they take it away from him. And, and honestly, it kind of, it's kind of taking that appeal away from Dragon Ball, at least for me. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like the, the anti Goku guy, but I feel like, you know, enough's enough. Like let Vegeta or somebody else at least get the shine, you know? All right. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in here because I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Trunks fanboy, so I, I, I automatically have to side with Team Vegeta, I guess on that, on that front alone. That, that being said, um, I, it's always frustrated me how Vegeta never ever was able to get the one up on Goku. I mean, perhaps temporarily in some story arcs, they gave him, you know, one battle here or there, but it's always Goku is, you know you know the, the the super most powerful you know best ever character and i can see why that really grates people's nerves and i i was kind of optimistic with the most recent movie with uh you know with dragon ball super broly um i was kind of optimistic that vegeta and goku are more on level like a level playing field they're on equal footing now i mean i feel like i feel like toriyama was building towards that and i was I was kind of I was kind of happy about it because if I know I'm never going to get Vegeta to be, you know, the more powerful character, fine. You know, I mean, I've accepted that, I think, after after like, you know, 20 years of Dragon Ball watching it, like I'm like, all right, I I think I can live with that. But what kind of pisses me off, like what you were saying, Jay, is that like I feel like they're starting to marginalize Vegeta again and putting him to the sidelines. And it's 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 pissing me off a little bit myself. Um because I, I agree. I agree with your assessment a thousand percent. Like I do think Vegeta and the Vegeta family is uh, way more captivating. Uh, I feel like Goku's family, the characters sort of just 
they became one note characters. And what really, I mean, you know, not to start like a whole other rant, but Gohan is a mess. Go Gohan's character. I mean, I know they tried to redeem him at the, in that last arc of super, you know, at least in the anime, like I, I, I know they tried, but Gohan is just a mess. Like he's, he's not the character that we love from like the boo saga you know, or from the Cell Saga. He's not, he's just not that character anymore. He's, you know, there are glimmers of him and there were some moments that I thought were cool. But, you know, I feel like the coolest thing they did with Super was that they actually brought Trunks back, the future Trunks, um, and the whole, like, story he had with Mai. I really loved that. Like, that was, that was by far my favorite arc of Super, and I think some of the best Dragon Ball that I've watched in years, um, since, like, early, early, the early days of DBZ. But, as, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, Jay, like, if you want to explain to me what's going on at the end of the manga, because I, I am not caught up on the manga, and I know the manga has gone beyond Super, so um yeah. yeah so what's going on there exactly? so spoiler alerts uh let me just throw that out there so to make a long story short so it's the prisoner uh i think it's the prisoner arc or something like that uh, where there's this there's this uh villain his name is moral and pretty much what he does is he's the planet eater so he no matter no matter where he goes whatever planet he's on he just pretty much takes the planet's energy and um he's on earth now he was he was in prison he broke out somehow uh, well he broke out because his goons came and got him out um and he went to earth he like i said he can absorb energy from anything living non-living it doesn't matter what it is anything that's in his vicinity he will grab and absorb that uh the uh energy from that and Vegeta went to Planet Namek to go learn a new technique, which would help in defeating Moro. And, you know, they they hyped it all up. You know, he was training. Like, they showed, like, they took time to really focus on him training and learning this and this and this and the, the challenges of training to, to learn new techniques. And normally, at least from what I've noticed over the over the years, you know, whenever a new villain was in town, it would always be Vegeta there first, and then they're all waiting on Goku. But this time around, it was the other way around. And they were all waiting on Vegeta. So they kind of hyped it up like, okay, this is going to be the end all to, to everything. Like, Vegeta's finally going to get his W. But once again, they pulled the rug underneath his feet and kind of like made him, they built him up with this 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 new technique that was going to end it all and during his fight with Moro it looked like he was going to win but then I don't know some bullshit happened and one punch knocked Vegeta out and to make a long story short Goku finally uh learned how to control his ultra instinct and he ended up facing Moro at the end but if it, it was with Vegeta's help that allowed Goku to get the W. And once I seen that happen, I knew that I wasn't going to like the way that the story was going to end because every arc, it's always 
Vegeta coming to help Goku win. And I feel like Vegeta's more number two than a number two pencil. And I feel like it's, it's, I don't see why, like, they can't just have Vegeta get what he deserves. I mean, even in the, um, the, uh, the God, the, the Battle of Gods movie, Vegeta had his win, his, his final win against uh, Frieza and then bullshit. And the way that the story's format like turning out to be, like if you really paid attention from when uh, Vegeta got introduced into the storyline, it's always been Vegeta was up one one moment, then Goku was up the next moment. And then back again, Vegeta was up for, for a little bit, then Goku became the strongest. So it's like always this back and forth battle between them two. But now that Goku has reached God level, like ultra instinct, what like what higher power is there for Vegeta to regain that the the lead um you know for us for us for us you know slightly gain the lead and it's kind of like I I feel like the the that whole dynamic now is kind of just been erased because now Goku's so far ahead I don't see how Vegeta would be able to even surpass that. See this is this is really interesting to me because because like i'm i'm like like i I remember when i first started watching dragon ball i always thought you know that vegeta's arc was about well obviously it's about redemption but it's also about humility right like vegeta is this very proud cocky sort of character and what i i mean I, 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 one, one scene that always sticks out to me is that scene in the Boo Saga where, you know, he sacrifices himself and he mm-hmm. tells, he tells Trunks, you know, like, tell your mother I love her, you know, like, it's like, I, Vegeta, Vegeta is capable of real warm human emotions. Like, he does love Bulma. Like, I, that, that kind of always blew me away is that, like, Vegeta does, like, the, that initial characterization of him throughout the early sagas of Dragon Ball Z, they, you know, you, you think it's like Vegeta's incapable of it, but like by the time we reach Boo Saga and even throughout Super, you know, you see these glimmers of him, like he genuinely loves his family. You know, he, he does. does. Like, it's, it's hard for him to show it, but he does. And I feel no, like, does. yeah. And like, and like, I, this is like, oh, this is why I agree with you, Jay, a thousand percent, because like, I feel like Vegeta has learned humility. He has, like, Vegeta has learned discipline to the le- like, to the point where lately, like, when I watch Super and when I watch the movies, even the Broly movie, you know, I said to myself, like, damn, like, Goku's getting a little too friggin', like, he's getting too big of a head. Like, I feel like Goku's become kind of like a villain. Not, not like a villain, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think Goku is sort of like the way Vegeta used to be. Goku, he's he's the uh, he's the antihero. Yeah, a lot but... a lot of the problems and issues that they they're dealing with is because of him because he doesn't know when to stop. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the thing. Like you know, I know like in the tournament arc with uh, with uh, oh god, what was his what was his name? Oh god, it starts with a J. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, Jiren. Jiren, right? Like that that last arc of Super, right? Like that like that really pissed me off because it's like 
a lot of it was all it was all I mean it was all instigated by Goku all of it the whole tournament was instigated by Goku right so like it's it it really infuriates me that we don't get Vegeta to see that you know we don't get to see Vegeta's like moment of excellence where like he truly comes through as a character I mean Vegeta's character has gone through a much stronger, more relatable arc at this point. You know, I, I, I can, I can definitely agree with you there, man. Like I would argue that too. Like he has, and it frustrates me because, you know, like I can't even get behind like Goku's family anymore. Like at least like there was, there was a, there was a point in time where like, I, you know, like Gohan and Goten, like, you know, I was, I was always on their side. But, like, I mean, I never liked Chi-Chi. Like, she was, like, my least favorite, like, Dragon Ball, like, female character. Like, I never I never liked her. I always thought it was, like, Balma was, like, way superior. And... Yeah, character-wise, yeah, she definitely had more personality. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, like, you know, like, I feel like... I feel like Vegeta, like... Just, just the nature of like his dynamic alone with Balma was like more interesting to me, which is why I always found Trunks to be like my favorite character because it was sort of like you know, well, he's the son of like two of my fa- my my other two favorite Dragon Ball characters, so like, ergo, like Trunks is like has to be like one of my favorites, and I just, I just genuinely loved Trunks's character. Like I fell in love with Trunks's character when like he, like that time, like like that movie where, um you know where he goes back in time like that 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 like tv special where the androids the history of trunks that's that was like that's like one of my all-time favorite dragon ball movies um and i i just i i'm just really like furious that you know vegeta vegeta's never gotten that moment i mean you know like it's funny but i feel like bardock at this point is is like more interesting than goku like i like i actually <laughs> want to learn more about bardock still than i do than i do like even goku's character and you know ultra instinct is a cool transformation whatever but this is going to be like this is a very hot take okay but i miss super saiyan 4 i i miss that i mean i know gt was like I, I know hate I know people hate GT. I know it's not canon. I know, I know, but like, you know, this is this is where like my fanboy comes out because it's like I don't know if you remember the baby saga from GT, but like there was some badass shit that went on there with Vegeta and like Super Saiyan 4, like the Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta. Like I I really miss that. And I it's like I feel like Dragon Ball Super sometimes like stomps my dreams of seeing like some things from GT become canon. It it kind of pisses me off sometimes, but like, yeah, I mean I'm with you. Like I, I I'm not happy with that decision, and um, I'm hoping that like maybe Toriyama is waiting for the end of of his run to be like okay, Vegeta is going to get his time in the sun, but. I'm not optimistic about it because yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I mean, agree. I'm not. I mean, to be honest with you, I think even though you know everybody, you know, thinks of GT as the the black sheep of the family, but like you said, there were parts of it where they had at times they had really good um, storylines, and I wouldn't mind seeing you know um, Super Saiyan Four become like a real thing. Yeah, no, like I would, I would. I mean, I mean, see, like, I, 
I grew up with GT because GT was new when it, when I was like the ideal age to be watching this stuff. So I kind of was like, I, I like GT was, I have very fond memories of it, even though, even though a lot of it's crap. I mean, you know, like the whole, like the black star dragon ball, like insanity and the, the whole thing, like traveling through the universe, the whole stuff with trunks and pan. I mean, that wasn't the strongest material. Although like, that's another thing. That's another thing. Where is pan? Where's, where's Gohan's daughter, like a badass like Saiyan warrior? Like, where is she? Like, why do I not have this? Like, That's true. you know, that pisses me off. Like, like, people hate GT, but Pan was a way stronger character in GT than she is in, in Super. Way, way stronger. stronger. Way stronger. So, like, I, like, Pan was, like, my favorite character from GT. One of my favorites. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really, like, I'm really, like, you know... I'm a little frustrated. Yeah, it, it's it's funny because my friend and I had this argument last night. We were we were talking, we were hanging out on the phone, and and I said, and he was like, "Yeah, man." He's like, "You know, I watch these shonens, and they just don't end." He's like, "They just go on and on and on," and I and it's like it's like I'm watching the same shit on repeat over and over again. It's like the saga is like a lot of these story arcs, like the good stuff in the story gets muddled in like the length of these arcs. You know what I'm saying? Like in, and then like with Dragon Ball, it gets that reputation of having no friggin' payoff because then Toriyama will pull some shit like this where, where like, Oh, you know, like Vegeta's almost this close to doing some awesome crap. And then they pull the rug out from under him and it, it's it's infuriating like it i mean dude i've been watching this stuff i'm 32 years old i've been watching dragon ball z since i was 10 like that's crazy and it still has not it still has not changed you know like so you hate to interrupt you but you 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 touch on an interesting uh question uh well topic that you know created a question in my head now do you feel now this this goes out to everybody here um not just in anime or you know cartoons movies just this is just a generalized thing do you guys feel like originality is dead um so like i don't feel like originality is dead per se um you know a lot of the beautiful things about just art in general and i refer to art because i mean you know anime is also under that umbrella is that people, you know, they, they, they get inspired by what other people do. So they may take little snippets, ideas of that and just make it their own or innovative per se. Like if you look at a lot of the shows that um that are out nowadays, like a lot of them piggyback off of like, you know, some of the, the four bigger animes, um, you know, there's Dragon Ball Z um, or just Dragon Ball, the original series, uh, One Piece, Naruto, and Bleach, and sure, um, for sure, like Naruto and 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 um, Dragon Ball are like one of the two biggest ones that people piggyback off of in terms of like how they structure their anime or shows. No, that's definitely true. Because um, it it's like for me, I feel like there's nothing wrong with taking something that already exists and making it your own. Um, but there have been like uh shows that i've seen literally it's just a copy and paste thing um and i mean like i said just as long as you can 
pay homage to you know wherever it is you're taking this 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 concept from and you know kind of make it your own but not like just straight up and down just rip off um another show so that that's that's where i'm coming from with this like no yeah me, I, I, i'm sorry dead. well i was just gonna say like i understand what you mean like there's a certain show for instance um black clover i'm not sure if you've heard of it uh, I, have heard me, of that. I have heard of that i've never okay. seen it though it's 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 good I, I i like the content for the most part um but even watching it and like even though i like it in my mind i'm just kind of like this is kind of like a cross between like fairy tale and naruto and it's just like it's not bad to watch it's it's pretty decent but at the same time there are some some key things in the story and like with the characters that you're just kind of like, you know, this kind of resembles it a, a good bit. Wait, you hold know? up. Black, Black Clover, that's where they, uh, I think the first episode starts off with um, with them in the church, something like that, with two little kids? Yeah, yeah. Okay, essentially, okay. like, it, I, I don't want to spoil too much, um, but essentially, like, Black Clover, what it is, is um, these two main characters um the real main character is his name asta um but his buddy is also included in there and asta for whatever reason has absolutely zero magic power which is kind of ridiculous in this world because everyone's supposed to have magic power even a little bit um and his aspiration is to become the wizard king which is essentially like the hokage of naruto um okay but he has no magic power so he goes on this whole like freaking crusade and somehow he gets this very old but like demonic kind of like spell book i guess you could say oh, okay it, yeah you it, know what? i think i've seen a few episodes of that then yeah it's just very it's very interesting the way that they laid it out but a lot of it just resembles like naruto uh, you know and i say it's like a cross between naruto and fairy tale because there's magic involved but to be quite honest, I'm not a, I'm not a big fairy tale person. Now, I I, I don't think I've seen fairy tale. Um, yeah, I have yeah. seen it. I have seen it like on my suggestions list on Netflix, but I don't I don't think I've actually sat there and watched it yet. But it did look interesting. But I I, I was going to reach out to somebody else to see if they actually seen it to see if it was worth my time. <laughs> I, I've seen a few episodes, and by a few, I mean like I, I've probably gone into like about three or four arcs um and it, it's not bad like you know it's mainstream for a reason there are likable traits to it uh but to me it's just it's just not there for me like i was able to make it to a certain length because the story was like pretty capturing but after after a while it just becomes a little repetitive and it's just kind of like eh, like mm. the character growth to me isn't fully there jeez okay yeah well if yeah, I don't, I don't like. But no, I, mean, I don't mean to interrupt. I just, I'm just gonna say really quick. Like, this is the problem to me with these shonens. Like, just, just like I had, like, like I said, like last night, like my friend said the same exact thing, and I have to. They, the arcs just are interminable. They go on for such a long time that whatever substance is inside them often gets lost. I mean, I know this is like the blueprint for these shows. But like, I mean, especially like, I mean, I can't comment too much on fairy tale because like, like kind of like what Alex was saying, I've only seen like maybe one arc of it. 
So I can't, I mean, I, I can't really comment on that show in particular, but like Naruto and one piece, I mean, I've watched a lot of one piece and I've watched, I want to say two, three seasons of Naruto. Um, I, 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 I can't, I mean, I, I, it was after a certain point where I feel like with these shows, either you start with them as a child like I started with Dragon Ball and it takes you years to understand, like to really like have the time to invest in it and watch as much of it as you can. Or you're just like, you're just screwed. Like you're out of the loop. It, it, you reach a certain point where it's almost impossible to get into these things. Um, especially with, with Shonen anime, because it do, they, they tend to run for like four or 500 episodes. It's, it's really like unbelievable. Yeah, the the lengths of these these shows are it. I mean, they are kind of like ridiculous. Um, just as well, just as long as like the storyline actually flows and makes sense, then you know, if it can keep going on and on and on, I have no problem with that. Just as long as it makes sense. Um, but you know, if they're drawing inspiration from you know day to day life or you know whatever it may be that they're drawing from to keep it going, I have no problem with that. Like I said, just as long as it makes sense because there there have been a lot of filler art, uh, filler shows and uh, filler episodes. And, you know, it. I have no problem with filler episodes just as long as it's not too redundant because when you're having, you know, back to back to back to back to back filler episodes, it's kind of like, it kind of like, it, it takes you out of the show altogether. Um, but let me ask you guys this. So if you can this, you know, take all the time that you need for this one. Um, if you can, what would, what would be your top five anime shows? New, old, doesn't matter. Oh, that's, 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 that's a toughie, but for sure, I'm going to have to put number one as one piece. Like you guys are going to hear this very often. One piece is, and will continue to be my favorite anime. It's the longest I've ever seen, but the story is very consistent, and it's, for me, it's just really good. Um, but anyways, going in order, definitely One Piece. Um, I would have to say Durarara was a very good one for me, so I'm going to put that as number two. I don't know, that's kind of weird, but... I haven't heard of that one. Durarara actually is, um, is very excellent. It's... See, a lot of people get confused about this um, anime and what the whole um, like basis of the story is because it kind of takes you around Tokyo with like other people. Like there is a main character per se, but not exactly because what a lot of people fail to perceive is that the main character is actually the city of Tokyo itself. Mm. So it's very interesting. Um, but moving on, uh, Sword Art Online would probably be number three for me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, number four, shit, I'm gonna have to think about that one. Let's see, I, Alex, I agree. I agree with your assessment of Durarara. Like, that's a good, that's a good show, man. Like, I, I, that's yeah. that's a rated one. Like, yeah. Oh, definitely. It's a, a lot of people may not think it's like amazing, but I, I think it's pretty freaking good. Now, this is oh. this is a show or just a, a manga. It's it's a show, um, okay. and I think and I think it's a manga too. I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. The other one I was gonna say was actually Kill Lock Kill. That one was pretty freaking. Oh good. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I that, that one. Yeah, that's a good one too. Well, that's a decent list. That's a decent list. 
Yeah, I think you know what? I think I'm gonna just have to end it a little basic. I'm gonna just have to. I'm gonna have to put Dragon Ball as my number five. Like, hmm. it's oldie but a goldie. Okay, okay. I like that. I like that list. So I think for me, I'm gonna just put this in no specific order because I haven't. I don't know what goes where, but. I think for me, I would have to definitely put Dragon Ball as number one because Dragon Ball is what got me into anime. Um, and then I would say uh, Death Note, just because Ooh. I like the whole f- mind fuckery of that show. So definitely a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, uh, uh-huh. uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Ooh. That's definitely a good one. Yeah. Um, SOA definitely got to put SOA on there just because I, I like that show because it there's not like there's not too much of a dr- distraction when it comes to like the fighting there's the actual it, like it focuses actually on the story itself and I actually like that are you talking about SAO? yeah sorry yeah Sword Art Online is that? sorry oh okay because I'm over here thinking like is he talking about Sons <laughs> of Anarchy like what <laughs> I had a long day. I had a long day. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. Um, and then for my last, hmm, I don't, I don't know. Actually, you know what? I, I would have to say, um, Ronin Warriors. I don't think I've heard of that one. You never heard of Ronin Warriors? Oh, you have to look into that. It, it's, it was, so it came out around the same time as Sailor Moon. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it was it was around the same time as Sailor Moon. Wow, that's that's a pretty old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it was literally Power Rangers before Power Rangers was Power Rangers. No, yeah, I know that. <laughs> you know, there, there's one anime um that really bothers me because it's so so good, but the ending just makes you want to kill yourself. And I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> to say that so abruptly, but. It's just like why, why, why? Um, have you guys seen fucking Soul Eater? I've seen yeah, a few I've episodes of that. Yeah, I've seen a few episodes of that. Okay, so so John, John, I'm hearing you say yeah. Have you seen like all of it, or you seen some episodes? No, I've only seen I've only seen some of it. I can't say I've seen all of it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so like, <laughs> are you guys actually planning on finishing it? How many? How many? How many um, episodes is it, or seasons is it? Considering the size of like most of the mangas I've seen, it's really not that much. Um, I'm trying to remember. I want to say it's maybe like two, three seasons. It's okay. it's really not huge. Um, you know, but you can you can get through it pretty quickly. Okay, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I I think I'm on. I'm probably like three or four episodes in. Um. So I have to definitely, so what you think probably like a two or three days is just straight binge watching. I should be able to finish the whole thing. I would, I would give you maybe like four or five days. Depends. Like five. if you're starting on the very first episode, yeah, I'd say like five days. Just okay. watching. I'm going to um, definitely have to look into that. It's, it's like, it's really good the way that they develop the story and everything. But the ending just makes you feel like they just kind of like shortcut it. Like they were just like, ah, you know what? Like we can send it like this and that's okay. It's like, no, why would you do that? It's like, I'm, I'm trying not to spoil it for you guys. But it's like, oh, fuck you. Why would you do that? <laughs> it's that bad, yeah. huh? Like, <sighs> it, it just, 
it makes you just think in your head, this is bullshit, that that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, they could have ended in a much better way, but it ended like this. So, okay. so do you feel like it was something that was, like, rushed, or they were just running out of, like, ideas to how to keep the story going? Uh, I'm trying to find a way to phrase it. So, like, I don't get way too much, but at the same time, kind of give you an, an, an idea of what I'm talking about. Um, so, in a way, I guess it kind of does feel like the end the ending was rushed, I suppose. It's like, imagine, fuck. Imagine, like, I, I, I have this really cool power, right? And, like, I'm losing, but kind of like how Goku out of nowhere just pulls Ultra Instinct out of his ass. That happens, right? And then that's not the reason you win. It's some completely utter cookie-cutter bullshit kind of ending. That's that's basically how it feels. Okay, I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, like, even, even the way Super ended was a lot. I mean, it wasn't that bad. I thought it was a very good ending, but it was a thousand times better than, any, like, any ending that so either could have come up with honestly mm, mm, okay yeah. well I have, I have something to look forward to then hopefully you know it's i'm not as upset but i mean i'll let you know in a couple of days or a week or two so all right so like as far as my top five animes go i wanted i i felt like this was a good point for me to jump in because my there i think the endings have a lot to do with it for me because yeah. like i'm a i'm a stickler for like how it sort of resolves itself and i also like like ho- like very depressing horrible endings so <laughs> like um so like my two favorite animes of all time are without a doubt uh cowboy bebop and neon genesis evangelion um uh i mean cowboy bebop for me i think just transcends even the medium of anime i i i think it's one of the best television shows ever made period end and i and i stand and i stand by that i mean i i really do believe it can go toe-to-toe with anything made in the west oh Um, yeah 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 definitely yeah it's it's just unbelievable and i feel like i am very scared about the netflix adaptation i am just so scared i it's almost like i don't even want to see it to be honest with you i i i don't have much faith um but that aside i feel like that's one of the greatest endings i've ever seen like it just it punches you right in the stomach and you just like it's yet it's so fitting and so beautiful i mean to give you an example of how much I love like Cowboy Bebop's ending, like I, I have a t-shirt that is a rose in the, in the water from the end of the real folk blues. And it says, you're going to carry that weight. Like, I just, I just find that to be so brilliant and like everything it says about our past and our trauma and things catching up to us and trying to run away. And like, it just, it's just an incredible, incredible show with this in, ridiculous amalgam of jazz music and western influence but it's so distinctly japanese at the same time it's it's just incredible i mean it it's a work of art and i and i mean that in the same vein evangelion is too 
because Evangelion is the deconstruction of the anime fandom in a way. It's like a meta narrative of like all the really messed up shit that anime fans want. Hideaki Anno took and like made this this insane apocalyptic like treatise on the human condition out of it and he just he turned the tables on his audience um it starts off so unassuming as this generic mech anime like a gundam or a, or uh you know like a robotech kind of show and then all of a sudden it just it just goes batshit bananas and the next thing you know it's like you know this this like giant like philosophical like surreal dreamscape of just like horrific images and it's i mean i i think the end of evangelion is one of the most disturbing yet incredible films i've ever watched uh the first time i ever watched end of evangelion i was in the seventh grade and i watched it the summer between seventh and eighth grade that shit fucked me up and I seriously like attribute a lot of like my brooding adolescence to what that show exposed me to. I don't regret a minute of it, but um, like I really do think that show had a huge influence on me. And I and I, I think it's a masterwork. I can't speak much for like the new rebuild movies. I've seen them, but I I I honestly am not. I don't. I'm not feeling them as much as I am the original show. Mm. Um, but they're 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 okay you know like I'm, I'm i mean i'm waiting on the next one but they're they're okay um as far as as far as like my other animes i would list so like it's weird because like i like i i mean i like heady anime i do like anime that like really makes you think but i also really love like the really dumb shit that you don't have to think and not to diminish it because it's comfort food i don't know why but like like Tenchi, I'd probably list as three, like the Tenchi Muyo series, probably like Tenchi Universe and the original OAV. I would list those up there because I, I just love the crap out of the characters and the hijinks and the mythos, the lore. It's just it's just a great show. Um, so I really like that. Uh, I might list Rarani Kenshin up there because that is just, I, I don't know. I just, again, the characters and like the, the story arcs just really drew me in um, a little bit long winded, uh, you know, but some of the Kenshin OAVs uh, like the Samurai X OAVs were really, really good. I mean, those were, those kind of stand on their own two feet. I think, um, I mean, as a top, as, as far as top five spot, I mean, there are some shows that I watched when I was much younger. I was like a teenager. And like now I don't know as an adult, how much I'd like them. Although I probably would still get a laugh, but like love Hina, like oh my goddess um i really like that stuff when i was in high school i don't know i don't know now you know like being grown up i don't know how much it would appeal to me you know it's funny because like i went back and i watched evangelion um recently and cowboy bebop recently again and they those things are still just as good as i remember them um i mean i probably still like the other shows a lot but i do think that they're they're the kind of anime that, you know, like it, it, it is aimed at like, you know, being sort of like an adolescent boy type of thing. But, uh, but then again, like, you know, like I, when I find myself perusing Crunchyroll, I tend to, I tend to gravitate more towards those like the shoujo, like funny comedy slice of life animes because they, 
I don't know why, but again, they're like, it takes me back to a time in my life where things were a lot simpler and my life was simpler. And, you know, I, my worldview was a lot less tainted and I don't know. I just, I, I really enjoy them and I'll still watch them. Like I'm watching one now called Tony Kawa. Uh, it's, it's a Crunchyroll exclusive. It's really, really good. Um, it's funny. It's sweet. You know, it's got like a, like a romantic undertone to it. It's, you know, like I, I, you know, and again, it's like, it's just, it's like more like of a distraction than anything else. But, um, you know, these are not, I wouldn't say these are shows of like insane amounts of substance, like, but I could throw out like also like some honorable mentions, like maybe like Akira. I mean, I feel like, I feel like everybody should mention Akira at some point like that. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. 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 Like that's, that's up there. Um, you know, like there was a couple of weird, like Fooly Cooly, that I definitely would listen oh, to. FLCO. You, you want to talk about an impressionable anime as a young person? That's Fooly Cooly right there. That was a very impressionable anime. I don't know about you guys. Oh, yeah, dude, Alex. Oh, no. um, and like Fooly Cooly was another one that shaped me. Like a lot of the Gainax shows, like, like there was one. Now, I don't even know if you guys have heard of this because like this is this shit wasn't even on dvd i i had to get this crap on vhs back in the day this was uh it was called otaku no video and it was a it was it was a loose it was loosely based on the origin of gainax and i really loved this this show it was only like two episodes and i think it was the first time i'd watched an anime that was about anime fans which now you have like a lot of those, like there's a couple of them that I've watched like Genshiken or like welcome to the NHK, which was, which is another great show. That's, that's like all about like, you know, like the Hikikomori in Japan. It's very interesting, but um, see, like I was like one of those like weird, like kids who like, all I did was watch anime and, and play video games. So like, I always felt very alone and, you know, being in, being American, you know, like it's, it's weird. Like, you know, back in like the late nineties or, or like the mid nineties, I should say, like, you know, when I was like really watching anime, um, it was not, it's not what it is now. Like anime now is like, it's, it's, it's something that people know and, and recognize. And like, you know, they're like, it's, it's a medium that people are familiar with at least here. Like back then I used to have to go to Chinatown for real to go get like fan subs. I would, I would actually, my, one of my friends would take me to Chinatown because there were, there were like uh, distributors of fan subs there and I would have to go and get fan subs. That's how I watched Dragon Ball. No, that's um, true. That's true. Even around here, same story. Yeah. And like, you know, you, you know, like it was, it was, I mean, it was definitely not on the up and up, you know, this is not now, nowadays you don't have to do stuff like this, you know, like, you know, this stuff was like, you know, they were bootlegs, they were on VHS and like, you you went you bought them and um and like honestly like um that was how i sort of like like i i watched a lot of shows like that at first like trigun i watched trigun like that um and uh yeah like so in the 90s like i felt very alone because anime was like not a thing was like not a thing and like when if you were you were a kid in school and kids were like well what do you like you know like what are you into and you'd say anime people would be like what the fuck is wrong with you you know they'd, they'd be like oh, what the hell is that you know like they would make fun of you they would say all this like you know they would say all this like nasty horrible stuff sometimes they'd even say racist stuff you know they would say like horrible horrible stuff and like um so uh, honestly, like when my, when I did finally find friends who were into it, we, we watched this otaku no video and 
it was so strange to see people on screen like who had this like nerf like nerd lifestyle that was very similar you know they were like you know guys who sort of lived on like the fringe of like you know i guess like normal society in a way and they were they were people who were like very much into like like they they prioritized anime and games and like their hobbies like their model kits and things over over normal quote-unquote things and like nowadays we would just see that as like you know i think it's more accepted but back then in the 90s you know when when anime was still in its in its infancy in the united states like you know this was not this was not accepted and like it's funny to watch how fandom has changed because for me like I went from being like a huge outsider liking anime to like now, you know, like when I, when I joined like, you know, right under the influence and I saw like so many people were into anime, I'm like, wow, it's come a long way. Like, this is not what it used to be. You know, you, you, you literally would have to find a needle in a haystack to find anime fans um, until Pokemon, until Pokemon, until Dragon Ball, you know, like really hit the scene, um, especially Pokemon. I mean, Dragon Ball was there. I don't know if you guys remember, but like Dragon Ball was around prior, you know, they were the ocean dubs. They were, they were, and who, who, oh my God, this is such a, a, a relevant thing, guys. The voice actor of Goku passed away just the other day. The first really? actor, yes, yeah, from the ocean dubs just passed away. Um, yeah, like he was only 47 years old. Um, so I, I feel like it's so weird we're talking about this because that was like the first like anime that I think a lot of people watch, but it was, you know, like, like American audiences, but like once Pokemon came around, th then everything started to change. Like then anime became a little more out in the, out in the spotlight. But yeah, I think that it was the dawning of streaming culture, you know, like that, like, like, you know, Netflix and uh, Crunchyroll and things like that, that, that really helped bolster anime into the limelight but anime was at one time you know it was very countercultural, and it and it still is because anime has some weird i mean let's be honest it's got some weird shit in it you know it's got some very culturally <laughs> right like uh, alex like yeah. you know, like we talked about yeah. and like it's got like some shit in it that is very like not palatable to western audiences which i get look i'm not it's, i'm not condoning a lot of this stuff i'm just saying it, it can be that way so like you know anime fandom is a very very interesting beast because you'll go to these cons because like i would go to like a lot of these cons you know like like back in the day um because i lived in the new york area so like there were a lot of cons in new jersey new york city and i would go and like you know the the fandom sometimes would be drawn down the middle you'd have like people who were like really really progressive you'd have like you know, like sometimes anime would be seen as like a bastion of like more liberal, progressive, like people would go and hang out at these cons. And then you'd have the dark side of the fandom, which was like, you know, like the, the kind of like the incel Reddit thing that people always throw out there. And I mean, it, it's always I hate to say it, but it's always existed and like sort of floated around the fringes of the anime fandom. It has it's it's dare I say it, I think it was, it was a big part of the inception of the anime fandom in the United States. And um, that's why it's so inextricably tied, unfortunately, to it. It's not that all anime fans have these tendencies, but a lot of them do. And 
it's, you know, it is what it is. Like, I'm not saying, again, I'm not condoning and I'm not saying it's right, but it's, it is a part of the culture. Uh, you know, so I think, I think that it's like, like sometimes when you go into certain social situations and like now, especially with younger people like Gen Z or, 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 or millennials, you, you walk into a room, like people put their antennas up. You mentioned anime. It's like, oh shit, he's the Joker. You walk into the room, people are like, oh fuck, this person, this person's like the fucking Joker you mentioned in the anime, you know, unless you're talking about like mainstream stuff, but no, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I always found it really interesting. And I, and that was my experience. You were, you were, you were an outsider. If you liked it, you really were. And you were like, you were kind of offbeat. You were kind of weird. And like, that's why I still love it. I think it's, I think it pushes the limits of like, of like, you know, some comfort zones for like Western audiences. And, and I, you know, I think that to a certain degree in certain aspects, not all of it, but in certain aspects, I think that that's important because it allows for it allows for storytelling that I don't think that we can still always do in the West. So it, I don't know. I'm curious what you guys think about all that. No, I, no what I was going to say was, um, no, I definitely agree with that because I know my first exposure to like anime other than Dragon Ball um because dragon ball i mean technically dragon ball wasn't my first exposure but it was the first exposure that i took on and you know actively sought out after seeing an episode of it um but there was this guy i want to say he was related to me i don't really remember um but back when i was younger um, he used to babysit me and his niece and he's one night he came home from the some some video store maybe it was blockbuster i'm not too sure um and a vhs and he put it in there and i went into his room to go ask him a question and i seen he was watching some anime and i'm like the i don't remember the name of the show and i've been trying to find the name of the anime for like the longest time but pretty much it was this dude from what i remember it was this dude he had like a a, a suit um it was like like an alien symbiote suit something like that and like he would anytime he would call upon it he kind of transform into it um i don't remember the name of it but when i first seen it, like the first couple you know minutes of it i'm like what the fuck is this guy watching here <laughs> like it was it was so out of the norm of what i was used to and i looked at him like yo you're you're fucking weird and but there was one scene that caught my eye and i was like oh shit i wonder what's gonna happen next and Literally, I sat, I sat in his room and just watched the whole fucking all the, the the tapes that he had of that show, and I was hooked ever since. And like, yeah, I mean, it, it it's it's a it's a culture shock, especially back then. Now, I mean, it, it's it's more, you know, it's more well, not not the norm, but it's becoming more acceptable nowadays. But back then, yeah, it was definitely a culture shock because it was like, you know, it was it was it was it was a window into a whole different culture that we you know, mainstream wise, we didn't really know much about except what was, you know, given it to us in the movies with like Kung Fu and all that stuff like that. But, you know, it's definitely more, you know, there's definitely more out there than what was given to us, at least back then. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad because, you know, it gives people uh, opportunity to like to break down barriers and really 
get out of their comfort zone to realize that there's more to this world than what they know. Um, and you know what, and however, you know, form that comes in, whether it's, you know, seeing something on TV or kind of like, you know, being forced to, you know, make friends with your neighbor who may not be what you are, where you come from. Um, you know, it, it's good because I know ever since then, you know, I've been trying to learn more about anime and Japanese culture just because like it, it's so fucking fascinating because it's it's so different from what I know. And, you know, it's 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 addicting, really, because there's just so much out there, because once you, at least for me, once I got hooked to anime, I was like, what else is out there? Because, you know, this is all I know. So I want to see what else is out there, because, I mean, my taste buds is 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 open to whatever comes my way. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it gives people an opportunity to go out of their comfort zone to really see what else is really out there in this world. Yeah, when um when I grew up, uh, at least watching anime and whatnot, like I remember some of the bigger things, um, you know, were like Pokemon, like John was saying, or even like Yu-Gi-Oh, and and it started making it like more, I guess, acceptable. Um, but you know, I I I grew up, um, I was born in '96, so I didn't see most of the '90s, um, but I saw a lot of like the early 2000s and. A lot of those anime shows were like always on like Toonami, like late at night Cartoon Network kind of thing. Um, and it's just funny because that's, that's really what got it started for me. Like I remember one of the first shows I saw was like Yu Yu Hakusho and like Inuyasha. And I mean, <laughs> Inuyasha, I mean, shit, that, that, it felt like that freaking series went on forever, but it's really not that long. Um, but this this was like the doorway for me getting into these kind of things. And I remember too, like it, it wasn't just animes either. It was like a bunch of old silly shows, like things that you won't really see anymore on TV, like George Lopez. Like I remember being up at like three in the morning watching that, like what the heck is going on here? There's just different phases of my, uh, my childhood. That was pretty funny. I don't know if you guys uh, remember that show, George Lopez. I thought it was pretty good. Oh yeah, I I love the George Lopez show. I want I want to make a really quick point about because I I always mention this because it's my favorite. It, it it is in my top five favorite films of all time. But I just want to say, Kill Bill Volume One. I think that was a major turning point for anime in the United States. Like when I saw that movie, because like being an anime fan like my whole life, and then I remember. I was in high school and I took the day off to go see Kill Bill Volume 1. And I, because I'm nuts like that. Like, like movies are like a holiday to me. So I went, I went with my mom and we went to go see Kill Bill Volume 1. Um, and I remember leaving the theater and I literally was crying. And I'm not, I'm not lying. I was literally tearing up because I felt like the movie was made just for me. Like I never watched a movie that spoke to me like oh my God, every single thing that influenced me growing up was in this movie to the point where Tarantino had an anime segment. Um, I, 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 and I feel like a lot, of, a lot of people have said this, like Kill Bill Volume 1 was a big, like that and The Matrix and the Animatrix were like the big turning points where like anime became like the, 
the, another level of, of like exposure here in the United States where like filmmakers and major artists were acknowledging like, yeah, I can see that. I can see that, you know, like anime meant something, but I also think that just as a quick aside, like anime is also a gateway vice versa to like comic books, which is a whole other conversation. But I know for me, it was, I, I got into anime before I got into Western comics, but what, but I did eventually become just as involved in Western comics as I did anime because I felt like it was a, an interesting parallel mirror image. So that's just something I think we, I would love to talk about sometime with you guys, but um, yeah, no, I, I love talking anime. I could do it all night. <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, anime right now, anime is life. You know, it's, it's, it's everything. Um, so you, we, you, John, you did touch on something, um, and I just, I just wanted, I just, I'm just curious to see um, where you guys feel with this. So, Pokemon versus Digimon, who would you go with? I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I can't, I can't, man. It, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Pokemon all the way. Oh, I'm gonna say this, and I know that there are gonna be so many people that dislike this for it, but <laughs> I cannot stand Digimon. What? Oh, fucking God. Wow. Why? I don't know why. It just annoys the absolute shit out of me. <laughs> I, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk trash or anything. I just, I really can't. Like, it's, it's kind of like Bleach. I just can't watch it. I, I tried watching a few episodes of it. I get into it. I try to. And then I'm just like, yeah, this is not for me. This is not for me. Yeah, like, Alex, I'm, dude, I'm with you. Like, it's Pokemon all day for me. Not only Pokemon, but Yu-Gi-Oh, like you said. Like, like oh, if I got... Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh, oh, man. Yu- Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon, if I got to go with, like, the mainstream, like, more kid-oriented sort of animes, like, yeah, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. I still... Man, I'll still watch like Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon if it's put on. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit. I'll still watch it. It's, yeah, it's I mean, still valid. None of this new fucking Yu-Gi-Oh 5D shit. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Yeah, they're on some weirdo ass shit now. Like, you know, some fucking motorcycles trying to play fucking a card game. Like, man, you know how quick the cards would fly off with all that wind. <laughs> let's, let's be real here. Come on now, this is some shit. That's true. It's it's funny, like when I realized um what the voice act is that Brock and uh what's this guy's name? Oh what was this uh Yu-Gi-Oh's fucking counterpart? What was his name again? Kaiba. Yeah, they're the same fucking person. Sato Kaiba, yeah. Yeah, Brock and Kaiba the same it's the same voice actor. That shit blew my mind when I realized that shit. Yeah, it's, it's really not that uncommon. They they reuse a lot of like the same voice actors for a lot of popular animes. Well, yeah, I mean that's true, but I'm I'm, I'm talking from like when I first realized this, like a few years back. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> well, but guys, we gotta be we gotta be real weebs and say say use. They're say use guys. They're not they're not voice <laughs> actors. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I guess I'm not a fucking weeb then because I didn't even know that was a thing. Part of my ignorance. Part of my ignorance. Yeah. Same as much. <laughs> Ah <laughs> uh, man, but now the, honestly, like those were the good old days. They had good old shows, and everything was just new and just exciting. But now it's kind of like, eh, it's not the same. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't hit as much. I don't know if it's because if we we've already been through the the original shows, 
Like the shit that they have now is kind of like it's a it's a it's a far stretch. For me, it's just like the mainstream the mainstream stuff just doesn't really do it for me anymore. I mean, you know, again, with the exception of One Piece, like I'm just still dumbstruck by that one. Um, but like that's why recently, like I've been getting more involved with like the smaller, like non shonen related animes, or like you know, like um, John was talking about earlier, like those those slice of slice, slice of life kind of animes. So, like the newest, uh, in my opinion, the newest, so to say. Uh, anime that I guess that's mainstream that I can really be on board with was SAO. After that, it's just kind of been like, eh, whatever. Mm. No, I get, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, no, you're right. It's just not the same. It's just not the same. But I mean, they're they're definitely trying. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, with all the stuff that's coming out now, there are a few gems in there. But to me, it's just I don't know. It's just it's just not hitting the same like how it used to before. No, I feel that. Like I I I hate to say it, but like I do think a lot of anime now is a shadow of its former self. Like like I I don't I'm not big into like the isekai genre which is like where they it's like this bullshit where like there's a million animes where some guy gets hit by a truck and then he gets reincarnated as like as like an avatar and some sort of like virtual mmorpg i'm not Mm. like there's a few of them that i like there's there's a few that i think are okay but by and large that genre is so oversaturated that I'm just like, can't you guys think of a new like foundation or blueprint for a story? It, it, it really, it, it pisses me off. I, I feel like 90% of what I see on Crunchyroll is that it's, it's pro- by far the most saturated genre right now. Or I, I could be wrong, but it, at least it's how it feels. I say, um, other than SAO, the only other two animes that are related that I'll watch is um, Overlord and Log Horizon. Those are the only two. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard of them before. I haven't heard of those yet. Yeah, I, I've heard of them. I've heard of them. I mean, I, I did watch, I mean, I, I'm guilty of watching Konosuba, but I think a lot of people watch Konosuba because it's funny. Like, I, I, I mean, I kind of like Konosuba, but yeah, there's a lot of them that I, I just can't I just can't get into. I don't I feel that, yeah. Just people biting off of other ideas. Comes back to that question, you know, are things original or not? Yeah, no, it's true. I think now it, it's it's just a struggle because I feel like everything everything has already been said and done at this point. It's like, yeah, you can you can take what you know a foundation and build upon it, but you know, it's 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 at some point, you know, the future and pa- well, current and past are going to bleed into each other. So at some yeah. point, it's kind of it's kind of like you're going to have to go through like a, a repeat. Um, I mean, that's that's just a struggle right there, just trying to keep everything alive and well and different. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's with more than just like anime. Like for instance, like when we're writing our poetry and stuff like that like there are times when i'm thinking like man like i'm kind of reusing like this type of rhyme scheme or like this sort of symbolism from like a different piece of writing that i've had before and i kind of struggle with that because i'm like i I don't really want to come off so repetitive you know no i hear 
Yeah. No, that's true. I feel like, I mean, like I said, it's, it's finding that, that, well, at least for me, I don't know about you guys, but at least for me, it's just finding that, that time to really like differentiate everything because I mean, like I said, this is just struggling to really figure out um, what is new and what is old. Because with me, like when I write, at least I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pulling back from, I mean, my whole inspiration is just life altogether, but a lot of the material that, you know, I'm pulling from are old feelings and, you know, it's like, how do I take these old feelings and make them new or make them relevant or, um, you know, just, just make them different. And I feel like for me, I, that's, that's just, just the struggle that I'm dealing with because I feel like sometimes with me, it's, it's a lot of my work is repetitious and like, I'll, I'll write something and I'll read it. And it's like, you know what, this feels too similar to this. And I just scrap it. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I know to other people who are reading it, it's something brand new, it's something different. But to me, like it's it's a lot of my writing and now starting to just bleed into each other. And, and I think that's the struggle that I'm coming up with because it's kind of like, how do I kind of like separate everything? If that makes sense. Well, I don't know if separates the word, the right word to, that I should be using, but I don't know, like I, I can't really describe it. Yeah, I feel like the one thing that I've been having the most trouble with recently has just been being more consistent with my writing. Like, I, I, I'm the type of person that I like to give myself space, like creative space, in order for me to kind of get that inspiration or motivation to write. But sometimes I feel like I'm just prolonging it too much. Like, I should at least try forcing myself, even on certain prompts and things like how we have on the Discord and whatnot. <clears throat> For me, I know that like with my writing, I, I have noticed that I'm very repetitive, but it's kind of a different angle from each um, part of my life. But lately what I've been doing to really dive into these past memories or these things that I'm going through is to really sit in the moment and kind of visualize myself back in either this like traumatic event or the worst heartbreak or just a moment where I, I felt like I had no hope. And that's kind of where I've, I've been pulling my creations from, I guess, um, because I want them to be personable. And I've noticed that as awful as it is to sit in the moment with that memory so, so vivid in my head, something great comes out of it that really um, can be relevant to other people and, and give them hope as well. Yeah, like Kay, like I, I absolutely agree. I mean, like I've been having a lot of trouble myself lately, like drawing upon my experiences because I feel like I feel like, you know, it's like, it's strange, like where I'm at in my life, like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty settled in a lot of ways. And I feel like my writing was most prolific when I was, I was in like, you know, the, the, you know, the, 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 the embrace of like some dark stuff. And I'm not in that, I'm not really in that place much anymore. Although what, what I do find now is that my writing, like, I, I, I have like these really horrible nightmares. Like this is like a, a like memories, like based off of like, you know, like things that I've experienced in my past and like, you know, places that like I've been or whatever. And like, I think a lot of it is just my anxiety is like coming to the surface about ever having to face those things again. But 
I do notice that if I ride the wave of that and I try to use that to write, that it does, it does seem to help me like immensely, like drawing from like the images that I see in my, in my dreams, you know? Um, but kind of like, like to what Alex's point is, is like, you know, for, like as far as like forcing yourself, like I have to do the same thing. You know, I, I mean, I, I understand what he's saying because like I, there are a lot of days where I'm very similar. Like I want to give myself creative space. You know, I'll, I'll be like, oh, I'm not going to write today. I'm not going to write today. I need the space to think about it. Let the idea breathe. But then all of a sudden it's like, if I don't sit down and write this now, when I know I have time, my life is going to get in the way and I'm not going to be able to do it. And it kind of, it kind of upsets me sometimes because I feel like I know the better work would be if it just naturally comes to me. And it always, like the proof is always in the pudding because if I read it on the open mic or I put it on my Tumblr, it always does better if it's natural than if it's like, you know, some stilted shit that I, I had to force out in that moment. And it only has like trace elements of the exact words I was looking for. Cause I'm like a stickler for finding the exact expressions I need to try to say what it is that I want to say. And, you know, like it, it's frustrating. Cause like you, most human beings can't they we don't have the luxury of doing that so like yeah i agree with you Kay. like i a thousand percent like i think it's so important to sit with those memories in the moment when you can because otherwise you're gonna be like you're gonna be following a false lead if that makes sense like you're gonna be like you know going down a faint road that like it's it's gonna be hard to trace your steps you you need to you need to like really do it like when it's when it's fresh in your mind you know yeah, I totally, I totally get that too. You know, it's interesting because something that I started doing literally, I think it was today, I had a bunch of like short lined poems um, and I just compiled them all into one document. And so what I've been doing throughout the day is whenever I have an idea or I look at this, this compilation, I'm able to take like just phrases or words that kind of match with how I'm feeling or a memory or whatever. And I can add on to like several different poems all on one document. And that's really helped me. And like when it comes to writing the hard stuff and, and sitting in those memories, um, I feel so much more grateful after I write about it because I'm able to look at where I am now and be like, okay, this was a dark memory. I don't really like reflecting on it, but I can see how much I've grown since then. And I can really embrace gratitude. Like I just become very grateful to know that like that will never happen to me again because I've left, I've left my addiction in the past. Um, and every time I think about it, it, it really, it lifts my spirits. I feel like with myself, another issue that I am having um, is that when I, it, well, it's, it's the subject matter. Um, like I've mentioned before, um, you know, I do have my issues with depression and stuff like that. And I feel like when I, right from that source it's better content but at the same time I'm also trying to grow and leave that behind and I don't know if it's just been this year with the way things has been going on like I haven't really been writing as much um because I know when the beginning of all this pandemic stuff happened you know it gave me time to sit and reflect and really just be with myself and I was able to just write a lot of uh, content with a lot of substance but now that I'm you know back at work and all this I, I feel like well I know time also plays a factor in it but I feel like now I'm just kind of like for me to get back to where I was in the beginning of the year I'd have to go back to that dark place and I kind of don't want to 
um, because I'm trying to, you know, leave that life behind. I mean, that's that's a door that I, I want to kind of keep closed. Um, but then again, I feel like that's where my best content comes from. So I'm kind of like, kind of like walking this thin line because I, I, I do want to continue writing. Um, but then again, the source, like before I had like many sources of inspiration, but now I feel like it's kind of like trickled down into this one dark place. And it's kind of like, I don't want to keep depending on that for me to gain that spark of inspiration from, if that makes sense. Cause like, I don't, I don't want to be known as like the dark writer, you know what I'm saying? Like I want, I want to be able to write on more touching subjects. Cause I know like, at least for me with the type of mindset that I have, like I'm all about growth and knowledge and, you know, um, you know, learning from life. Um, and with my past, it kind of does tie into that. But then again, it's kind of like, I mean, like I said, I don't want to look behind me when, the whole point of me is to keep looking forward you know yeah I totally I totally get that and I relate to that as well um what I I don't know if you've ever heard of this therapy it's called self-acceptance integration um and it has been huge in getting to where I am today it basically like I had a friend who unfortunately died by falling um out of a four-story um like balcony and I had a really tough time afterwards coming to terms with the fact that he was gone and he had all these people who cared about him and loved him. And he was, you know, broadcasted about this death. And I couldn't help but think that I wished it was me instead at this time. And something that allowed me to kind of get through it was seeing it from his perspective, then going back to my perspective and then kind of seeing like, what do I think he would say back to me? Would he want me to be this sad and wishing it were me? Or would he want me to live for him and live in memory of him? And so I was able to kind of do this visual type of thing where I came to accept that this is what happened, but that he doesn't feel the way I think he does. And so I can even do that with my emotions today where I'm like, okay, well, this past me would have, you know, gone off on a bender, but here I am today. And I can accept that I've grown so much because I got through that and I did it clean. Um, and it, I, I don't like looking back at the dark stuff. A lot of times it's really hard for me to read them out loud. Um, but I, it's also therapeutic to kind of let go and write it on paper rather than just letting it sit inside my head and kind of wallow and, and gather some even deeper thoughts that I don't even want to explore. No, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. I'm going I'm to I'm look into that. Um, but uh, I don't know, like it's, it's, it's just like weird. Um, like, I don't know, like, cause like for me, the way that I am, like I know at some point, you know, I, you know, I have been looking into like the whole therapy thing and really talking to somebody. Um, but I know for me, I've kind of been doing my own, like, I guess, self, self therapy where, you know, I would force myself to, to pretty much, you know, confront myself. And at least I can say from the beginning of this year, um, I did make a lot of progress because a lot of things that, I was dealing with, you know, I was able to somewhat find the source to the reason why I am the way, the way that I am, or the, I think the way that I think. And it's weird because like a lot of stuff that I did find, um, it make, it made sense. And it kind of like was, it helped me close a few doors, but then again, it helped me. Well, it, and then again, it, it caused me to, to open up a, a few more and 
like it, it's it's just weird because like I'm like right now I'm just kind of like teetering on and off on a depression um just because like one thing that I did realize is that um like obviously you know I, well I have abandonment issues and I've realized that you know a lot of my relationships were like that I, a lot of the relationships that I got into were due to the abandonment issues that I have and it was my way of dealing with it and I realized that the reason why I was getting into these you know back to back to back relationships was because of the simple fact that I wanted to be you know the source of somebody's uh I guess not necessarily happiness but I wanted to be the center of attention in somebody's life and I felt like I was doing that because I like to me I had nobody who essentially came to save me so I was getting into relationship with people as a way for me to save them and I was doing that because if that person seen me as a savior that they wouldn't leave if that makes sense and to me like that's 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 the type of shit that I was like really thinking about and it it, it made a lot of sense and it still does make sense to why I am or why I've done the stuff that I've done and why I'm in the situations that I'm in is because of shit like that. So like, to me, like that self-confrontation, like it opened my eyes to a lot of things. But then again, like I said, at the same time, it has also opened the doors to like deeper tunnels that I have to like really explore, whether it's with myself or somebody else, I'm not too sure. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing when you actually sit down with yourself and really confront some of the, 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 the dark areas of your mind and of your soul and of your heart to really see exactly why and where all this is coming from. It's interesting because like, yeah, I, I, I'm listening to you talk, Jay. And like, I, 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 I had some similar, I had some similar things going on with me. I mean, I, you know, for me, I, I went through a bunch of relationships myself where um, it was, it was similar, but it was, it was the roles were reversed. I mean, I was looking for, I was looking for the right girl, I think to, to fix, not to fix, but I think to fill the empty space that my life had. And I, I know this is going to sound really like strange because, you know, it goes against like conventional wisdom and like what they tell you in psychology, like, you know, you can't rely on that to fix your problems. But I, I will say that, like, I knew that ultimately the answer for me was finding the right partner to make me, like, feel like I wasn't alone and to motivate me. And I, I can honestly say that I did find that and it did help me immensely um i mean there are some personal things though like based on the context and the circumstance of how we met that also helped things come full circle for me which is a long story but to spare you those details um it was also um i mean it, i think that meeting my wife was was the moment where where I, where I realized that I was sort of indicated, like, you know, John, it's like, I said, to myself, like, John, you knew what you needed. You knew you were looking for it this whole time. And, you know, everybody said you were nuts or crazy or like looking up the, you know, barking up the wrong tree, but really this is what, this is what it was. And um, I, I, ironically, I find it hard to write now because I don't have that, that deep unrest that I had 
because I finally found what I feel like I needed to in that front. I mean, I feel like a lot of my material came from that emptiness, that feeling of abandonment, like you mentioned, Jay, you know, that, that feeling of like, you know, um, I was unworthy was a big one for me. It was that feeling of worthiness. Like I felt like I was truly unworthy of having a partner or having somebody in my life who loved me that was, you know, going to stick by me. And, you know, like um, I, I carried a lot of that baggage and my writing was very fueled by that baggage. You know, it was fueled by this idea that, you know, I was this friggin' loser that did not deserve, you know, anyone. And um, I think the relationships I, w- I was in, um, I think all the girls, you know, and I don't blame them. I think they picked up on it, obviously. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy that can hide things. <laughs> like, I don't do that, you know, very well at all, if at all. And so, like, um, I... Uh, you know, like I'm very out in the open with everything about myself. So like they were just, you know, they knew this coming in the door. It's not like I hid it from them, but I also think that they, they, I think they thought that like, you know, it would go away if they gave me their attention, but at the same time, it never went away because they weren't the right person. So I think that finding a person, and it doesn't even have to be like romantic, you know, I think that it has to be like the person that compliments you, even maybe as like a deep, intimate friendship, you know, there's, you have to find that person that compliments you to help you like walk your own path. And like you said, Jay, like to this path of like self-discovery, like, you know, self-examination and like, you know, figuring out like what's going on inside you that, that was, I know for me, I, I carried seven, eight years worth of misery and self-hate um, until I, until the day I met my wife, literally the day I met her things started to change for me. Um, and again, it was, there's a lot of personal stuff um, that's involved with that too, circumstantially, but there's also a lot of like, just that being the, again, being that right person. And you, you know, like you really do have to, you really do have to put your, put your faith out there. You know, like I, and I don't mean it just from like a religious perspective, but I think that when you, when you put your trust in the universe or God or however you want to put it, you know that your answer's out there. Eventually that person comes along and you, you figure it out or, you know, like it, it eventually where you're meant to be comes to you. See, I, I, I'm the kind of person where I think that like, if you really do have the faith and you, even if you're sitting idle, you know, even if you're just like idling the engine, so to speak, not that you're not like working towards anything, but you're just kind of like in a, in a stasis, like you're stuck in a spot. Yeah. I truly believe that eventually it were like the, the, the chess piece is going to be moved so that you're, you're forced into a situation that will change everything for you. And I think that the universe is always, or God, you know, you know, depending on your belief, again, we'll always know best which way the game board is going to go. So I, I, I really do that. That was what I always subscribed to. And people said I was nuts. I mean, people really said I was nuts. I went through years of even therapists telling me that this was not the answer. And, and I knew in my heart, what was the answer was for me. And I'm not saying that advice works for everybody because it doesn't. And, and I, and I certainly, I, I know, I also know that I'm a very rare case. Um, but I, I, I also, I do think that there's something to be said, like believe in the impossible, you know, um, I, I really do believe that I was 
my writing was a form of wish fulfillment and a form of like prayer. You know, I, my writing was so um, driven by like this misery and this loneliness and this, this feeling of never finding my answer. And, you know, like it was like putting it out there and like whatever it was out there, listened. I really do believe that. Um, but you have to have your heart in the right place and you have to believe, you know, it's as, as silly as it sounds, you, you really do have to believe you can't do it half-assed and say, Hey, I'm going to do this. But deep down, it's like, ah, everything's bullshit. Nothing matters. And we're all nothing. I, you, you can't say that because if you talk out of both sides of your mouth, it's, I, I don't believe it will ever manifest itself for you. And I, uh, you know, at least for me, um, I went through a big period where I did, I did feel that way. And it, it led to a lot of like my unrest and uh and i and i and and a lot of harm self-harm that i did to myself like physically too you know like i i went through eating disorders i went through uh, body body dysmorphia problems um you know a lot of things that were very dangerous to my health um and 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 may have even done irreparable damage honestly to me um so it's it's you know you have to you know you have to love yourself enough to trust that whatever created you loves you enough that you're here, you know, and that you're doing the right thing. You have to put the, the love you're looking for. You have to put back out there into the universe. It's like the Beatles said, you know, it's like, you know, and in the end, the love we take is equal to the love we make. I mean, it's, it's the truth. Um, I, uh, I, I really do believe that. And, um, you know, at least for me, like hearing, you know, what, when the Woody, Woody writers, you know, when they write, you know, like I've, I'm realizing like, there's so much i think that like people get so emotional and there's so much positivity going around because i feel like we're enabling that in each other and we're bolstering that for each other and that that's really special you know i, th- I feel like you need that community to help you it's very rare to find in your day-to-day life i mean hell i didn't friggin' have it i didn't have people in my day-to-day life who bolstered me like that even the people who loved me most were not capable of it not that they were bad not that they were wrong they were just not capable of seeing it. You know, you, maybe you need to be an artist. Maybe you need to be a little crazy. Maybe you need to be a little, you know, off kilter to be able to see, like, you know, I always say like, you know, to be a poet, you got to be a little broken, if not very broken, but that's the beauty of it. And like, in order to, you know, sometimes people are not going to just see it that way. You need to have a little bit of crazy, you know, to, to, to dare to dream. You, You have to. So, I mean, but, the only danger to all this for me is that the counterpoint is that once you find what you're looking for, you're going to go down other avenues of like, where do I draw from next? Because like, once you find that fulfillment, you have to find other areas of inspiration. And sometimes that's not so easy. I know for me, it's not that easy. And I can still write about all the trauma I went through. But I'm at the point where now I need to talk about the new traumas that I'm experiencing. And I don't think I've quite defined those yet in my mind. I think I'm still exploring what those really are, what those look like. And um, like, like Kay says, you know, sometimes sitting with that is not what you want to do. It's, it's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. And I, I find myself during the day, you know, when I'm alone, uh, if I go to sit with those ideas and I, and I force myself into poetry, sometimes I'll, I'll be, you know, driving myself into the ground and I'm repeating myself because I feel like I have not opened up the door, the door yet of my perception to what, what really is going on behind the scenes is bothering me. 
And I know shit's bothering me. I have these dreams at night that are going far back into my past. Things that have nothing to do with girls anymore. Things that have to do now with friendships and, you know, my family. And, and, and so I know that that's the next frontier of my unrest and where I'm going to probably put a lot of my, my literary efforts. But again, I, I feel like if your heart's in the right place, you believe you, 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 you do have the balls. I mean, I have no other way to put it to actually take that leap of faith and be like, you know what, fuck this. Everybody says I'm wrong. Everybody says I'm nuts. But if I really do try, you know, in my heart, again, I I can't emphasize enough. Your heart has to be in the right place. You got to have the, your morals got to be in the right place. You can't be doing this from a selfish, a selfish angle. If you, if you know you're out there, you just don't want people to feel how horrible you do and you want to lift people up. If that's what you're doing, then whatever it is, God or otherwise is going to, is going to lift you out of the pit. It's going to do it. You, you, you just have to, you have to trust it. You have to run with that. Um, it's not so easy, but I'm, I'm curious what you guys think. So I definitely agree with that. Um, everything that you said, you know, I, I, I agree with it wholeheartedly. Um, I feel like with me, though, the way that I am, the way that my mind works, I am my biggest threat and my biggest enemy. And I say that because my mind is very, very analytical. Like I will see something and break it down and break it down and break it down and break it down until there's nothing for me to break down. And I think for me, that's my biggest issue because I don't know how to shut that off. So I'm overanalyzing and overthinking things. And I know for me, I I do believe um, in that self uh, manifestation stuff. Um, you know, speak it into existence and it will come. I I do believe it. Am I at a hundred percent with that? No, and I think that's my problem. Um, just because like I've been through enough in my life where I can say that the things that I want and the things that I wished for have not come true. And I think that, you know, is kind of just, it's, I've always had a problem with doubt. And I think that right there is what's causing me to not progress the way that I want to progress. And honestly, I, I just don't know how to shut that out how to, you know, silence the doubt that's in my head because doubt has really made me stationary um, with a lot of things. And it's made me question things that I know I shouldn't be questioning. Um, and I'm not too sure where it's all coming from and, you know, why it, it rears its head when it wants to, because it's not like it's always there. It's just, it comes and goes and it comes in these weird times where I feel like I, you know, I'm, taking 10 steps forward but yet you know like I've after that I take like 100 steps back and it just puts me in this weird place and I don't know maybe maybe it is you know something more to do with my faith um not sure um I know at least growing up I was somewhat religious um and I had more you know I, I let more of myself rest within within my faith now it's a little bit it's a little bit of a different story now and i don't know maybe that's just what it is maybe that's just that one piece that one element that i am that i have been missing that really kind of restructures everything and puts more things into positions that make sense so i don't know i I have no idea you know i i want to touch back on 
what you had say had said Jay about um, saving other people because I totally totally relate to that. I was at a point in my life where I didn't think I was worth saving, but you bet your ass I was going to save every single one of my friends. I was going to put myself out on a line. I was going to go above and beyond to make sure that the friends that I had close knew that they that they had me and that I would get them out of whatever circumstance they may find themselves in. And it it was really hard because I I realized that like back then I was relying on another person to complete me. I was relying on another person to to be be this person that needed me. And so yeah, they wouldn't leave. But also I I lost more and more of myself as I continue to do this in my relationships because I was putting, you know, I was giving 110% to them, but when it came to my problems, it didn't matter. And then as I continued, I eventually was the one that needed to be saved. And I thought that my past relationship, he was the man who was going to save me. Like he, he had saved me from, you know, all these different times. Like he, he would be the reason why I survive. And looking at it today, like I, I realized that no one could save me and I couldn't save anyone else if I didn't, if I didn't find my ass important enough to put myself first and understand that no human being will ever be something that completes me. They will be a partner of mine. They will be friends of mine. They will be my tribe, but never, ever, ever will I solely rely on another human being to be the reason I am saved or, you know, that I'm okay because it doesn't work that way. If I, for me at least, and I, this is, been a major improvement for me because I, I still wanted to believe for so long that like, I wasn't worth living, but if I could make sure that someone else survived and that they had the best life, then that was enough for me to, to continue breathing day in, day out. Um, and it sucks to say that out loud because I, I feel for the old me, I feel for her because it was, it's so saddening to me to think that like, I cared about other people's lives more than I cared about my own. And through this whole process of my journey, I've really realized that now that I am in a place where I am clean, I'm living this, this entirely different life um, with my faith in God, which by the way, I want to also point out that um, faith conquers fear, which conquers doubt. So if you have faith, doubt, doubts seem to just pass by. I look at it as, you know, if something isn't going my way or I don't get a job that I want or whatever, I'm like, okay, well, this is because something better is on the other end of this. Like there's a better opportunity for me and that's why this isn't working out. And that has happened to me time and time out this entire year Um, with the job in fact, and with all these other things. Um, And it's just, it, it's crazy because I actually decided I needed to make a new list of goals. I was like, okay, I need to look back at this goals list I have and kind of create this new deadline and types types of things like that. And as I looked, I found my last goal list that I had made. I had conquered all of those goals. One of which was quitting cigarettes, which I never thought in a million years I was going to do. And I just one day decided to, I hadn't looked back at this goals list since I made it. And I had all of them accomplished. And I think it's because whenever I have this dream, I, in my head, I'm very much law of attraction, manifest destiny. Like I, I do it all. I'll say, you know, I'm already a published writer. Like my writing has been published. I'm getting paid to write. And those are the thoughts that I'm currently having. Um, But there's a difference between just saying the thought in your head and believing it. If you can really visualize yourself already in that position where you are published or, you know, all these different things or you're in a great relationship 
it will happen because your, your mind is, the mind is so powerful. It, it, for me, I, I believe in the universe and I believe in God and my God resides within me. He is the universe. The universe lies within me because I choose to have the universe be on my side, regardless of the good or the bad, because I see it as an opportunity for something greater to happen. And I don't know if that makes sense, but I just want to touch on that real quick. No, that definitely made sense. Um, it, 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 it really does make a lot of sense because like, I've like with the things that you said, like I've, I've had similar thoughts. Um, Cause I know with me, I've had uh, a few run-ins with uh, near death experiences and, you know, I've always questioned to why I'm still here, you know, cause you know, I've had, I've heard stories of people who were in similar situations with like minds and they didn't make it but I did so I don't know if it's more like survivor's guilt or you know whatever it is but there's just something in me that's just like non-stop just creating this doubt and this doubt and it's really and what sucks about it is like it's really re- impacted um my relationships not just boyfriend girlfriend but just in general like my relationship with people like it it's weird because I'm like it's like a weird dynamic because like yes I have these abandonment issues and you know I don't want you know I, I do my best to keep people around but then again at some point once I feel like I've gotten to that point where you know I start feeling good like this is this is it for me I start then to regress and build all these type of walls and barriers and keep people out and I don't know, it's just like this, this weird, vicious cycle. And I've been trying to figure out exactly how to to stop it because like I wanted, I want to be able to just feel free and have nothing hold me back. And I don't know, maybe, I mean, like I said, maybe, maybe it's just I need to find a deeper reason to believe um, just because like it's the way that my foundation is right now. There's a lot of structural I mean yeah structural damage to it and I, I want to repair that so that way whatever I do build upon or whatever I continue to build upon like it's sound because I don't I don't want any more cracks within my foundation like I want to be able to just grow the way that I feel like I need to grow yeah so Jay from the time that I've I've known you I feel like we are very similar and correct me if I'm wrong, obviously, but um, I know for me, when I feel like I am accomplishing everything and anything, my writing is just on top of its game. I feel like I feel really great. I feel really, really good. And then, then there'll be the next day where something bad happens and I'm at the lowest of lows, just tearing my insides out. Um, and it's been really, really, really difficult for me to find contentment. And I didn't realize that that's what I was after until a couple weeks ago, where I just, I wanted to be able to feel really good, but I also didn't want it to always be the opposite spectrum where I could never find this like middle ground, this place of balance where I felt present. And that's exactly what I realized is that I was neglecting the present moment. I was neglecting all these like where I am today, you know, I have like a roof over my head. I have food that provides me nourishment and strength. Like I have a working car and, and things like that. Just remembering that I am not my past 
and I don't need to dwell on the future because where I am today is a hell of a lot better than where I was yesterday because I'm alive and I'm still here and I'm not going back out and using. And I have found that that has really brought me to a place of grounding where I can just ground. And I literally will say in my head, I'm like, okay, power. And it'll, I'll kind of initiate the root chakras. I don't know if you've heard of chakras, but um, it's basically just like your hips in that area, like where you would the, the tail end of your back and up. And by doing this, like I can immediately calm any feeling that I have. It's one of the most unreal feelings I never thought I could find, but it, it brings me to this like state of mind and the state of being where I can breathe. I can take a deep breath and I can just really grasp that I am human and days aren't going to be perfect. I'm not going to be super motivated every day. I'm not going to be super depressed every day. And some days there'll be days where I don't have a strong feeling either way. And I'm learning to love that <laughs> because it's, it's calming. It's not my usual. And I used to fear it and I used to resist it. And I, you know, I do all these different things to try and, and trick my mind and being like, okay, like we got to do something like what's going on. Like, this isn't normal. You don't just sit here and like, twiddle your thumbs like this is not me and I hated it because I thought it was I was numbing myself I honestly thought that this was some type of coping mechanism that I had where it would be numbing if I didn't feel anything or you know feel really great or feel really bad like if I just felt nothing that was numbing to me and that scared me up until a, a month ago um, because I thought I was numbing my emotions and then I realized that like I'm not it's not numbing some days are just going to be days where I don't feel an emotion and, and it's not heightened. Some days I'm just gonna sit there and stare at my computer screen because that's that's kind of learning to live in the present moment. And I've really had to test these waters with myself of just being like, okay, I literally have been staring at a, like, at a screen for an hour now and I haven't gotten anything done. But then it's like, okay, but I have to, I, I look back on all the accomplishments that I've made this year. I look back at, you know, the projects I'm working on, I'm like, okay, well, if I'm, if I'm not feeling motivated today, I'll just, I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll have this attitude of, okay, like, let's get creative, let's get going. And that's been really helpful for, helpful for me. Yeah, one thing that I've, well, I've, I've already known this, but I'm still trying to like keep it as a reinforcement in my mind is that um, I can't save everybody. And I feel like, I mean, like I said, I've, 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 had a you know a lot of near death experiences and you know I've always believed that's the reason why I'm here is like I said to save somebody else and now I'm starting to realize that it's it's not who I need to be saving but what and it's that what piece that's the part that I'm trying to figure out because like I mean like I said I can't save everybody that's you know, that I come in, I interact with, but I know the what aspect is, you know, whether it's, you know, the legacy that I'm trying to, you know, leave behind or um, what I feel like I am and, you know, um, the places and things that I'm trying to do, you know, the impacts that I'm trying to leave behind in other people's lives. I think that's the part that, um, that needs saving. Because the physical form will always go, but what's been said and, you know, the actions that were left behind, that's what's going to, you know, really be the impact in other people's lives. And for me, 
understanding that I can't save everybody. I think once I did really understand that, it kind of like, it kind of like put me down because it made me question again, why, you know, why I was saved when other people who have been in those situations were not. Um, but for me, I, I just feel like knowing that I can't save everybody and knowing that people do have the choice to come and go, you know, within your life, you know, I have to, you know, I have to sit with that and deal with that because it's, it's a part of life. People come and go, people are placed in your lives for reasons, um, reasons that you may not be able to see or, you know, explain it, but they're there. And I feel like a lot, the one thing a lot of people have told me over the years is, Jay, relax, stop overthinking things will come when they come. And a part of that is just like, I'm impatient as well. So, but the reason, but the thing is, I, the reason why I feel like I'm impatient is because like I said, you know, the shit that I've been through, you know, tomorrow was always, you know, at least, you know, about three or four times, you know, tomorrow was always in question. So I feel like I don't know how to like, just relax and just stop thinking about tomorrow and worry about the here and now um so right now that's 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 just the piece that i'm trying to like really uh polish and put together so that way i can use that as a way to kind of like teach the people around me and how to be because you know stress itself is it's 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 a killer um you know, that's one thing that a lot of people kind of don't really tend to talk about, but, you know, stress in itself does affect the body in more ways than, you know, people really understand. Um, so I'm just trying to like really just gather all this and just kind of make sense of it all. So, I mean, that's just where I'm at mentally. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it's interesting listening to both you talk. I mean, because I, I mean, for me, I, I've always felt like, like very much like as if like I had to I had to prove something you know I I I I I mean I think it's because in my life I've always had people sort of say to me that you know this was you know you know xyz was the right way to live and um you know if you don't live by that path then then it's then it's wrong and and then when I started you know getting out there in the real world and I started having relationships and whatever like I felt like it was these people's views were like validated. Like I was like always on like the receiving end of like stuff that I just, I, I really bothered me. And then when I, you know, when I had done certain jobs in the past that, you know, I, I'd, I'd watch how the systems worked and it just, it, it just angered me so much. And I just, and I had a really hard time abiding by it. And I, and I feel like my, a lot of my issues come from the fact that I have a really hard time coping with the fact that the world is just horrible you know it it look the world is you know i i feel like this is like a new a, a relatively new frontier for me because i feel like i've i've i don't want to say i've ran from it but i think that i've i've ignored it in the past in the sense that i've always i'm always like well it's just that you know you know, like, uh, people are not, you know, putting their heart in the right place or people are, you know, they don't have enough faith. They don't have, you know, they're, you know, they're misguided or whatever. But then I, I feel like the last year has proven to me that maybe it's a little bit more complex, if not darker than that. And, um, 
I, 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 I mean, I'm having a really hard time facing it. And, you know, it's brought up a lot of questions to me as like, you know, as far as like my identity as like a person, you know, not just as a writer. And, um, you know, it's like, it's funny. Cause like what I said before, you know, about like when I found, you know, Danielle, you know, like I did feel like very like fulfilled, but it's also that, you know, um, kind of like what Kay was saying, you know, it's not that the person fulfills you. It's that it, it, it fits a sort of a puzzle piece, but the journey, the journey's never over. I mean, I, I, the journey to self-actualization and to, and to finding answers and to seeking, like, you know, finding that true contentment is ne is never over. You know, even if we come really, you know, razor thin close to it, 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 it's, it's never over. I just think it's the nature of the human condition. It's, 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 it's for everyone. It's this way, even the most successful person, you know, and, and that's one thing for me, it's like, you know, I've had to sit back in my life now and I've had to say, you know, like, how do I define what the boundaries of success really are? Because people have said to me, you know, like throughout my life, like, this is what success is, you know, and I never agreed with it. But yet, why does it torture me? And like, why do I feel like I'm not I'm not really validated because I haven't achieved these things? And then I look at what happened in the past year and I say to myself, well, I think it's because you know, I, I look at everybody and I'm like, damn, like humanity's pretty, pretty fucking dark. It's pretty bad. I mean, I, I, I think that I, I just think that people are just really like, I don't know. I mean, I, some people say it's the time. Some people say it's just the way it is or, but I, I don't know. I don't, I almost don't want to believe how dark things have gotten in the things I've seen. And, um, it's brought it's certainly made me go into a crisis of faith a little bit yes i mean that that's the hardest thing for me the harshest uh, element of my experience my personal demons is like how do i confront my own anxieties and my self-hatred and my nihilism when i feel like the world around me keeps reasserting these things and reasserting why i feel that way and i you know um and in the end, I'm always, I'm always, there's always like the voice of God in the end, you know, for me, like I always find that voice and things that you, you, where you'd least expect it, you know, it's always like, you know, right at that moment where I feel like the ax is going to drop, I always find that silver lining or even better than that. I find like a miracle looking me in the face and I didn't even realize it. And I, I think that's why I always talk so highly of my experience as far as, you know, when I met, when I met Danielle, because I think it's because that was something that was truly a miracle to me, you know, at least in my perception of my experience of it. And I feel like, you know, it's, 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 it's an, you know, it's an expression of faith, a living expression of faith. Like, you know, when, when, it, when it comes through your door and I don't know, I feel like I've run out of those miracles. Like 2020 has been a year where um, I feel like everyone in the world ran out of them. And um I, you know, and like, again, like it goes back to this idea that the people around me who I, I feel like are not living up to the standards of the morals that I hold myself to, these are the ones who told me that success is defined X, Y, and Z, and that you have to live your life that way. And, but it makes me really, really frustrated and angry. And, and, um, you know, I've always had this big thing where it's like, you know, either you're either, you know, the, I, I, unfortunately I've always been like a very binary thinking in some respects, like either you're with us or against us kind of thing. And I, I feel like for me, you know, it's like either you're part of the resistance or you're part of the empire, you know, <laughs> you know, like it's, uh, 
it's 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 just the way it is and 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 um i feel like i've yet to be proven wrong especially in the past 12 months uh i i I've, yeah i feel like i have not i feel like the gray area is very very hard to find and prior to all this for myself i I felt like occupying that gray area was the most important, was one of the most important things you can do because you, you're able to see a multitude of perspectives. And I know that this is just 2020 talking. I know that, you know, I don't want to believe that like it has, it has jaded me to the point where I've become like, I'm becoming like the people who I, who I resent, but I do feel like because of the nature of what we're living and because of the nature of where I feel like where I've personally been and to where I am now and how I don't see people get better. I see them get worse. It, it kind of, it kind of reasserts to me like, Jesus, like I, I can't seem to, you know, I can't seem to overcome these, these boundaries, these emotional boundaries in my head because the world just keeps pushing these back at me. You know, I had a couple of things happen to me this year where I feel like some, even my, my, my extended family have been on the outs and it really, it, it, it bothers me a lot, you know, and I don't even feel like it was a, you know, who did what wrong kind of a situation. It's just, you know, people took sides, they took stances and the, the line got drawn in the sand and it's like, look, I chose this route. You chose that route. And there's, you know, there's no, there's, there's no middle ground here. You, you, you can't, you know unless you, unless, you know, you're willing to admit that we see things differently. And a lot of people are not willing to admit that then, you, you know, you're just going to push somebody away. Um, and so for me, I think that's been the story of my life in a lot of ways. I feel like, you know, sometimes maybe it was even self-induced. It's been very hard for me to, you know, like even when I was dating and things like I, I had to be with a very particular type of individual because they, they had to align with my values. I, I, I can't really surround myself with people whose values are so de- deviate so much from me that like, it's like, oh, okay. You know, like I can put up with it. I, I have a very hard time because then I question, you know, it's like, I have to question myself. Like, why am I hanging out with this person? If they don't believe, you know, if they don't hold the same kind of morals. Um, so I think it's important that we do surround ourselves with, with, with people that are, that, that, that do share that. But as far as like a personal journey and a personal struggle goes, I, you know, I still find myself like, even though I am content in many, many ways now, um, I find it taking on a, like, a, a, you know, the questions only get bigger and, and more difficult, you know, they only get more complicated, you know, it's questions now of like existentially, like, you know, about the human race, about where we're going as a people, you know, our future, you know, the nation, you know, I feel like these are the questions that you can't start to tackle until first you tackle, you know, the, the more intimate, immediate stuff about yourself. Then you start to tackle these bigger ones. First, you got to find your compass on, on the more personal things where only you can gauge it. And then, then you go out there and you look at the bigger ones. And honestly, from where I'm sitting, I don't really want, I don't even know, I don't even know if I want to touch the bigger ones because I'm afraid, you know, and I don't know if this is good or a bad thing that it might rock my foundations of, of my faith. It, it most certainly has to a certain degree. And I, I have to find myself like constantly trying to find the good. So um, I think that's where I've been, you know, in the last year, you know, overcoming some health and personal struggles too, which is, whole other story, you know, similarly related in some ways, but it's, it's, 
you know, when you, when you don't feel well physically, you know, and then you see the world really not give a shit. And I can assure you that, you know, I know this sounds horrible, but you know, if you really push the medical system to its limits, I, I can assure you, it's not going to be kind to you. Um, I, you know, at least, at least here in the United States, uh, I, 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 that also has made me question a lot of like, you know, you know, you know, people say, put your faith in science. It's like, what do you do when science, science can't help you? Um, it's, it's very difficult. You know, you, it, the, the answers are not so easy. So, uh, I, you know, I know it, I feel like this year has been defined by science versus religion, you know, brother versus sister, you know, um, uh, you know, people versus people, you know, it's, it's been defined by that, that mode, that, 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 that model. And it's seeped into every aspect of our lives to whether we want to admit it or not. And going forward, um, you know, as an artist, I, I don't know where I stand because I feel like a lot of my fellow artists, even though a lot of them are on my side, and a lot of them believe what I believe. A lot of them have also betrayed it in one way or another. And that that's another thing I have a hard time swallowing. How do I feel that solidarity and that collective like power of like the, the force of like art and the, na the nature of it that I, I believe in so much as a divine nature? How do I tap into that when the world itself is literally like so divided and like my own my own tribe of people is Kay. I love how she put that. Like my own tribe of people are divided. It's, it's, you know, that to me is where my, my darkest elements of my personality start to come out because then it's like, what, well, what, who the hell do I trust? You know, if I can't, if I can't trust anyone who shares my views, then if I can't even trust those people, then where do I go? And, you know, where do I find a home? Where do I hang my hat? You know, I can't go to the normies. I can't go to the normal world, right? Where it's like, you know, like people who are outside of like Bohemia, they, they don't understand. They truly don't. You know, we, we say that, you know, some, they, they just don't. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I know from firsthand experience, they don't like it. They don't like the way, you know, people who subscribe by a more artistic, like loose lifestyle, they, they don't like that. Um, they, they, you know, and this, again, this year, it's like, there's no room for that sort of fluff to them, but I feel like you know, all the more reason this needs to be the, the, the times now for this to really stand and for this to, for this to be even more so of an imperative, because we need a sort of spiritual, you know, emotional solidarity. We need that. And it's bothering me that I see that through over the, you know, throughout the internet, throughout the, you know, throughout media, I see this huge dividing gap in, in, between artists and creators who, and voices of people where it's because of their opinions, they're drawing these lines. And I know I'm super guilty of it, but I'm trying lately to find a way to bring more together than, than to divide. And even when I work with you know, when I work with, you know, the podcast and when I come on here, like to talk to like the other writers, you know, every Wednesday, like my whole, my whole mission is to build people up. It's to bring them up. It's to show them, it's to show them the light that I believe exists out there somewhere, the light of God, if you will. I want to show them that even if I can't even see it in my own life, because there are, I mean, I can assure you, I wake up in the morning and there are fucking moments where it's like, yeah, I just want to just like, I just want to collapse and break down. I mean, I, we all have it, 
but it's like, you know, and then you get mad, you know, and then like you fight, you know, like it, it's just human, you know, like Kay mentioned that too. Like we're human. We're going to have these bad moments, these broken moments. That's okay. But it's like, what the hell are we doing to make it better? And for me, I found that answer through the writing and not I, I ironically not through my writing but helping other writers that's where I found my answer uh, as much as I possibly can within my own limits and you know my own schedule and like that that to me is where right now I feel like I see the most light at the end of the tunnel but even there you know like you it's it's not always easy you you, you know you have it takes a lot emotionally to always try to go to that place Sometimes we can't always go to that place. And um, I, I feel like you have, to, you have to really look for it. Yeah, I, I really like what you said there. Um, my thoughts are though kind of like, I have been through some of the worst pain I've ever had in my entire life where I was sitting on the bathroom floor for hours bawling because I was in so much pain. And the, what I've gained from all of my experience with this, this, this awful feeling that I've been having um, was first acknowledging the fact that I was going through it and I was not even chasing a Percocet. <laughs> that was major for me. But like when I was in those moments, what I really realized looking back on it now is that I think because of COVID and us all having to quarantine that like we finally have to literally sit by ourselves and explore what's going on. We don't have the luxury of entertainment to take us away or, you know, going out in public and doing all these different things that, that really take us away from ourselves. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people have found dark times this year. Um, I've been through some of the darkest times of my life as well. Um, and what I've gained from it is that we, we as a people have to be able to make the best of any situation with what we're given with what we have because it can always be worse um and that's kind of like I would think about it when I was you know in so much pain I would think of my mother because she has had over a hundred surgeries yet she is a strong powerful woman who also overcame addiction and she deals with this pain on a daily basis and knowing that mine was only going to last for a few hours or for however long it was I knew I was able, I was going to be able to do it. I had to sit down and I had to think, okay, this could be way worse. You know, like my car is broken down. Okay. But at least I have a car. And, you know, if you think about it, like when celebrities are talking, they, they'll say that they have had the most unhappy, like unhappy times, sad, tragic, awful, awful times. And they have all the money in the world and everything that they could dream of that we all dream of having yet they're miserable. So I think what this has done is had us all take a step back and kind of be like okay I lost my job because of this or you know all these different things but look now like we're spending more times with our family than probably we have as a like country in so long because we've had to do it and I think a lot of people looked at that and were like thinking disgust oh crap like I don't have my my office to go hide at now you know like I've got to be with my family I've got to like see how awesome my wife is at being a mom because she conquers this on a daily. I just feel like it's really brought, brought us all back down to earth, you know, and really made us look inside and be like, okay, I don't like this part of me, but I need to deal with it. And I need to face it head on because if I don't, because I'm not allowed, like, I don't have this way of distracting, I, it'll eat me up inside until I'm gone. And so what, what can I do now to fix this? And a lot of the times it's for me, I pick up the phone and I call one of my siblings and I didn't have a relationship with any of them for years. And they're now my best friends. And that I don't know would have 
become my thought if I hadn't like lost all my friends a and b not have been able to go out and make new ones because they they became my best friend I would call them daily and I don't think that that would have happened if COVID wasn't a thing I honestly don't even know that I I could have stayed sober without COVID which is so strange to think about but it's just it made me really have to come to an agreement with myself that like okay what's going on what do I need to do? Do I need to call someone and talk to them about it so I can kind of understand my own feelings? Should I write about this? How can I turn this around and make it a good thing? Yes, I'm going through massive amounts of pain, but I'm so fucking strong because of it. I've gotten out of it. I'm through it. And I'm facing life as it comes at me head on with no fear of whatever feeling I might have because of it, because I know that there is something greater in store for me. And that's what really keeps me going is just relying on my faith, understanding that like, I have everything I could have ever wanted right here, right now, because I, I could have nothing. I could not have a family. I could not have a roof over my head. I could be close to an overdose, you know, all these different things. And I think that's, that's kind of how people can progress, not only with gratitude, but with love, like just love for everyone. You know, it's the golden rule, love others like you love yourself. And if we can't even love ourselves, then how are we going to love others? So it's a very back and forth kind of um, discussion, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying, like 100, 110%. But I want to ask you guys a question. Now, one thing that I've always been told in my life is that change is good. Now, I want to I wanna ask do you guys feel like there's a, a time frame for change to happen? And what I mean by that is, you know, as this, you know, every day brings forth some type of change, but like, is there, like, when do you know when to embrace that change or not? Because, you know, change, you know, it, it could be real subtle or it can be real, you know, real drastic, but when do you know when it's time to change? For me, I think the the moment I realized it was time to change was the moment that I finally decided that I had to save myself. I had to put myself first. And if I didn't do it today, I might not wake up tomorrow. And that's where my change began. You know, I I got out of rehab. I relapsed. I was Baker acted. And then two days later, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I've lost it all. I've lost the most, I've lost any will to live or breathe or think, or I lost everything. And it, it, it was the glimmer of hope that I, that relapse is the reason I know that I am finished with my past and the way I was living, because I finally was able to understand why it was that I still wanted to get high. And it was because I had this dream that I would get this last final perfect hit that would just be like, okay, yeah, like I'm good to quit. But I realized that day how powerful my, my addict's mind could be, um, and that it would control me for the rest of my life if I did not change. And so I think for me, losing my, my realizing the power of my mind was lost. If I went back out and used made me change, you know, I, I went only to detox and I've been clean ever since. And most times I, I mean, with my track record, I would have to go back to rehab for like the full 30 days and all of that. But I got to a point where I lost my mind and I said, okay, 
I don't, I don't really want to, like, I have a heart that beats, but that's basically all I have at this time, you know? So like my brain is fried. Um, my body is frail and I was like 80 pounds, just sadness. And just like, I was convinced people were poisoning my food. And I think it was a ploy on my own mind so that I would rather get high than eat like things like that. Like I lost everything. And so it started with my mind. I lost that. So I was like, okay, I understand now that like, that's a power I want to, I want to hold on to. So then I changed everything. And then I went through all this unbearable pain. And, and I was like, okay, like I just got to change my attitude because clearly sitting and saying how much pain I'm in isn't helping me progress. It's time to change my physical being. I need to drink more water. I need to eat, you know, better meals. I need to cut less sugar out of my diet. And since I've done those things, my, my health has improved my pain management. I don't, I don't suffer from pain. Like I did. Um, I had to, I had to lose all of my friends. I had to realize that even the friends that I had saved in the past who didn't even have involvement in drugs were not my friend because I had checked on for years over time and they had not checked on me once yet. I still felt so strongly connected to them. And I realized that they didn't care about me. And that's when I changed. And I was like, okay, if I'm not going to have friends, that's fine. Like I need to find people who are going to lift me up. And I think it kind of goes to with anything really like you have to, I had to lose, I had to lose all these different parts of me. And I mean, I could go on about this to finally realize that change was the only option I had and it had, I had to change everything. Yeah. No, go ahead, Jonathan. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, cause, uh, I am, I am probably going to have to, you know, uh, head out soon guys, uh, unfortunately, but I do want to just say to Kay's point, like, I mean, um, I mean, I, I admire everything that, you know, Kay, like, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say, like knowing like what well, you went through all that. I mean, I give you all the credit in the world. I mean, I, 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 you know, it's unbelievable to me. Like I, 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 I know like the human person is resilient, but you're like the next level of like resilience, you know, like guys like the highest compliment I can give you because it's, you know, I, I mean, I know like whatever I've experienced is like a fraction, I think, of what you've gone through in, in the immediate past. And, um, you know, but like, I also think that that's all the more reason why it's behind you and like your, tri your triumph will and your victory will be most will be, you know, the most celebrated and sustained throughout the rest of your life, you know, and, and um, you know, I mean, and, and that speaks to the point of change that Jay um, Jay mentioned, like for me, I think change is important as much as I hate it. Um, cause some change is good and some change is necessary and clearly Kay for you, like you, you needed a change, right? Like you even said it and, and it, it, it happened the way it did, but you know, like it, it, it ultimately the universe and God, like got, got you to that point to, for the change, it was the catalyst. Right. Um, and it's always funny and weird in the ways and like it happens. Sometimes it's tragic, but it does, it does eventually happen. And, um, you know, for me, like I was always one of those people who had a hard time with change. I, I, I was never a big fan of it myself, but you know what? Um, I also have to say that change has been necessary and I needed it in my life. I needed that. I needed change. I needed, I needed things to get different. I even know with certain things now in my life that are in a bad way, the only way it's going to get better is through, is through things changing. So that being said, um, I guess to answer Jay's question, like to his point, like, yeah, I change sucks. You know, it does suck in a lot of ways. Um, 
it's I, I never was one to to handle it well, especially with the passage of time in particular. I mean, I I often reminisce a lot about my childhood and the places I've been and the places I miss. And I think we all do. We cherish those memories. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm glad in a way it's all gone because I want to know what's next. And I'd like to believe that somewhere beyond uh, the concept of time, that these things exist in a perpetual state all at once. And we will experience that uh, one day, you know, whether it's not in this life, perhaps in the next. And I, 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 I would like to believe that. And I do, I think, believe that. I think that's what gives me hope and what keeps me going because I feel like I've seen things in my life that speak to it. Kay, your experience and your triumph over your adversity is most certainly a testimony to the power of, of faith and miracles. Um, at least I believe that. I mean, it's, it's most certainly uh, evidence to me that, you know, when a person, um, you know, is, is meant to be here and is trying very hard to overcome what they know they need to overcome, that they will. Um, and uh, you really can accomplish, accomplish that as long as, like I said in, in the beginning, as long as your heart's in the right place and Kay, clearly yours was. Um, and it, and it still is. And that's why you've come like so far from that stage of your life already. So it's, 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 it's amazing to see how, like, you know, again, like we're all, we're all suffering in different ways right now, you know, some way, obviously more extreme than others, but I think that ultimately it, it, it is a unifying thing. I think I said this once on the podcast before, you know, suffering suffering is the great unifier and we all suffer the same you know all human beings suffer the same uh it might be very buddhist of me to say uh, or uh, sort of but um it's true you know we all do suffer the same and, and that suffering is what should give us the empathy and compassion to unite to come together and move forward and that's what i think we're doing and uh at least that's what we all should be hope we're doing and aim towards that and that's all we can ask for so I just, I just wanted to say that. And I just want to say, you know, it's always, it's always a privilege to, you know, be a part of these conversations and to hear what you guys have to say. I mean, it's always, you know, to learn from your experience. I mean, I feel like I've been, my experience is very limited compared to what a lot of people have gone through and not to take away from anyone's one's particular thing, you know, like I know, but I do know that, you know, like I sit and I listen to Jay, what you've gone through, obviously Kay, where you've been and, you know, I learned so much and I, and I honestly say, you know what, like I, I, I'm learning every day to go back to my point from, you know, just a couple of minutes ago, I finding my way to get past the darkness inside myself that feels like there's no hope sometimes in humanity. And when I hear your stories, I know there is that's, and that to me is the most important thing that could happen. And you guys have provided that for me. So I always appreciate it. And I, I, I thank you both. Thank you. I'm going to let you go, Jay. I just want to say thank you, John. That that compliment was huge. So thank you. No, I was going to say the same thing, man. That's, you know, that's that's very, like, I've heard words like that before, but I can tell, like, coming from you, like, it, it's actually coming from, like, a real place. So, you know, I definitely appreciate that because, I, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, change is something that is needed to help progress us. Um, and it's always good to know that you have somebody that you can change with. Um, everybody needs a good support system. So, you know, it, it's, it's good to know that you have somebody rooting for you. Um, so with that being said, um, so before we close out the show, just want to get the final uh, 
thoughts and feedbacks. Um, so based on, you know, the whole discussions of tonight, um, what I gained from this was that faith is more than what you know. Um, and what I mean by that is you should be able to believe in something that will help you get through whatever it is that you're dealing with. Um, because your voice is essentially going to help strengthen your, you know, the things that you do, or it's going to break you down and understanding who you are, what you're capable of and understanding and formalizing a goal to keep in mind to help you keep pushing through everything that you are dealing with um, and along with having a strong supportive cast behind you um, I think is very very needed um, and you know it's it's really good to have so you know if there's anybody that you know who doesn't have those elements um, you know it's good just to let them know that hey you know that they can do it because words can break shit down, but it can also build you up as well. So um, just letting people know that, yeah, you're not alone. And, you know, if you ever need, you know, a shoulder to lean on or a cry on to or whatever the case may be, you know, just letting people know that they are not alone. So that way it gives them something to believe in because they can look at your, you know, your success story, your triumph story, and then, you know, they can, hold on to something because if that person can do it why can't i you know so i mean that's that's what i pulled out of the discussions tonight yeah i think from from tonight um i i really took away that um at the end of the day we all have struggles we all have you know things that we're contemplating in our minds of whether we should do or not and um at the times where we feel like we can't go on or we are unsure. I know for me, that's when I lean on God and I lean on my gratitude. Um, because if I didn't have those two things, I would continually be in a state of misery. And I've been there and I've been there this year, even clean. And I, I just decided that I, if it's going to, if I need to feel it, then I'll be feeling it, but I don't need to let it consume me. And instead I can start, you know, I can write about it, let go of this feeling and let go that, that things aren't the way I want them to be in this exact moment, but I'm exactly where I am today in this moment as I am. And that is perfect. And that is great enough for me because I, I should be dead a hundred percent. I, there are way too many times that I know God has, has personally saved me and I didn't know it at the time. Um, but I now know that I was worth that. I was, I was worth saving. And I'm, I'm glad that I was, that I, I changed everything because I would have never accepted myself as I am or loved myself or even had hope or all these different elements that I so dearly hold on to today and hope that anyone who is struggling with making decisions or misery or depression or all these things, be open about it, talk about it, go out, find help, find someone to listen. We all will, we all will listen. You know, there, there are people out there and to just remember that you are never alone. You are truly never alone. And I've been, I've been in that place where I, I felt alone was how I was supposed to be. I, I didn't even want to sit with myself alone. 
Um, but I now know that I, I never have to live alone. I never have to be alone. And when I say live, I mean, I don't feel alone. I am alone. So that means like I'm a lone wolf. No longer will I ever be alone because I have my faith and I trust the people I surround myself with. And that's kind of what I've got to take away. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to quick just like say like, Kay, I, I think you summarize it all perfectly. And that's, uh, I don't even think I could follow up with anything better. I really don't. I think that we all should just, um, I think we really should go into the next year um, with the with the philosophy that the age of difference needs to be put behind us and the age of understanding needs to come into needs to come into the dawn now and needs to you know that that that's where that's where we're at and um, for situations like where you've been Kay and for situations like where a lot of people are right now um, I think that the world was not kind to what they were experiencing, but you know what? Um, I'm feeling a change happening. I think the world wants a change to happen. I I'd like to believe that. And, um, you know, if, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're any example, okay, then I think that, I think that it, it can definitely happen and we're headed there. So that's what I took away from tonight is that we're all going through something, all of us. Um, but, but we're we're slowly unraveling and finding that fulfillment and that answer where we need to. And I hope that um, sooner rather than later, as a community and as a nation, we can do that because I feel like that would solve a lot of things for everyone, not just not just us on an individual level, but collectively. So that 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 definitely definitely agree with everything that you said. John and everything that you said, Kay, um, you know, hopefully, you know, the people who are listening to this, they, they take something from this too. Um, because really at the end of the day, you are all that you have. Um, and you are who you, you know, you are the person who can make your tomorrow brighter or dimmer. So, um, with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to call it a night. We will see you next time at the round table. Have a good night.